Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your host is Becky Olson. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends, and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Becky Olson. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Becky Olson. I'm the co-founder of Breast Friends. And just so you all know, we've been around for over 20 years now. We're coming into our 21st year. Um, I am also the five-time survivor of, of advanced stage breast cancer. Can't talk this morning. Um, I'm a motivational speaker and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And before we get to our guest, I do want to just let you know about a show we ran last week. There was a, I thought it was a pretty, pretty good show. It was about, it was called Transitions. And it was really about a lot of different things. And one of the things was about people who are downsizing. And I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people who are downsizing. My husband and I did it this last year. And so we're now um, settled into a place. We've been here actually about a year and a half now. And there's some tips on there on how to do that. But, you know, as we're all going through all this kind of downtime that we have, this is a good time to make some of those things happen because it doesn't get any easier if you wait. So I would encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. I think my husband and I are going to do another special episode on that whole thing because we're getting ready to do it again, I believe. So um, anyway, I just wanted to share that, make sure you all had a chance to listen to it. And if you didn't, uh, it's on it's on our um, list for last week, but it also ran in June of 2019. So it's a replay. Anyway, so with that, I would like to go ahead and introduce our guest. And I am just so delighted to, to have her on my show. She actually is a podcast host. And so she does the same thing I do for a different audience. And her name is Dara Kurtz. She is the creator of Crazy Perfect Life and the, the author of I Am My Mother's Daughter, and it's her story about navigating a cancer diagnosis, what she learned from her experience, and how cancer changed her life. And we're going to talk about some of those things today. So we also get to hear her amazing story, and I really can't wait to hear this story because I this, is, this gave me goosebumps when I heard this. She found a bag of letters written to her 20 years after her mom passed away. I don't know how that came about, but I can't wait to hear the story. And she found reading those letters helped her feel closer to her mom. Well, no doubt about that, I can imagine. So with that, welcome, Dara. I'm so glad you're on our show. Hi, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for being here. Why don't you go ahead and just tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Like, you know, where do you live, your family, hobbies, anything you want them to know. I I just like them to get a chance to meet you, too, as I did. So go ahead and just tell us anything you want. I am, I, I live in North Carolina and I'm a wife and a mom. I have two beautiful daughters who are 21 and 18 and they've been spending a lot of time at home. They're soon to go back to school, which they are very excited about, although I'm not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Been nice having them, huh? I can't say that for everybody. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. 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 It's been a joy. Um, I love walking in nature. I love exercising. I meditate every day and I'm a writer. I, um, after I went through breast cancer, I quit my job as a financial advisor and that's when I started crazy perfect life. And I live this life that I never imagined I would have. That's wonderful. Well, I can't wait to hear about it. So why don't we start our show today by just telling us a little bit about your, just kind of the the high level view of your cancer journey. What, when did it start? What did you do? What was, you know, what was the diagnosis, that sort of thing? When I was 42, really in the middle of 
living my life. Out of nowhere, I found a lump, went to the doctor, and you know how this ends. It ended up being breast cancer. Um, And it really, you know, kind of happens that way. Like one day you're living your life, and then the next day everything looks differently and everything changed. And at the time, my kids were 11 and 14. It's been over seven years, which I'm very grateful for. But it, it obviously completely caused us to hit the pause button on our lives and changed everything. And it was really scary. While I found it relatively early, I wanted to be as aggressive as possible and needed to be. I went through, so I went through surgery and I had a double mastectomy with reconstruction. I went through chemo and radiation. And even though I did genetic testing and nothing ever showed up, I had a hysterectomy just for fun. And um, <laughs> for fun, never heard that phrase yeah, before. Yeah, <laughs> so fun. And then, you know, we got to the end of that. So, I mean, it really did take a year to get through all of that. And after that, I had changed a lot. I didn't want to go back to work. I didn't want to be a financial advisor. I didn't want to think about money all day. And that's when I started Crazy Perfect Life, quit my job. But it was really hard for myself, for my husband, for my family, as you can imagine. Yeah. So is that when you started your podcast was right after that happened? Or no, was that, no. Oh, that came um, later. Okay. So after that experience and after I started Crazy Perfect Life, I just, I wanted to help people. I wanted to use my experience to help others. And that's when I wrote my first book, Crush Cancer and the Crush Cancer Workbook, which is really the book that I needed when I heard the words, you have breast cancer that I felt wasn't out there. And so um, after those books came out, that's when I started doing a lot of speaking and connecting with people really all over the country. And actually, that's when I met my podcast partner, Garth Callahan, who's the author of Napkin Notes. And we just became really close friends and we were having these great conversations and we're like, you know what, we need to make a podcast. So we (laughs) did. We made a podcast, yeah, and so, um, you know, life life can obviously deal us challenges that we never can see coming. Obviously, Mm -hmm. we all know that with the coronavirus, but, you know, at the same time, I feel so grateful today to be living this life, and um, my most recent book, I Am My Mother's Daughter, just came out, and, um, you know, I know we'll talk about that, but... If I hadn't gone through cancer, I wouldn't be living the life that I have today. And for that, you know, I'll that's be the truth, you know, and, and I know as hard as it can be. And, you know, I'm in my fifth battle right now, and this one's not going quite as well as the other one. So I don't know where this one's going to end. But um, once you're metastatic, they say it never ends until you're gone. But um, and, and that may be the case. But, you know, with God, all things are possible. So I, and I do believe that. And I do believe he's got me firmly in his hands one way or the other. So um, but, you know, it, things can it can be a blessing anyway, because like you said, so many good things can come from it. I've called my getting breast cancer a blessing for many, many years. You know, I've been, this is my 25th year coming up on it now. And, um, you know, it's just been, it has been a blessing in many, many ways. I've met people I've never met before. Um, I would never would have had a clue who you were because, you know, mm. here you are a guest on my show. And, you know, there's just been so many wonderful things that have come from it in spite of all the difficult things that we've gone through to get where we are right now. But, um, but yeah, you're right. It, it does change everything. And, and you just, if you put that spin on it, you know, what is better in my life because of it? And well, there are some things that are better. 
Yeah, and I mean, you are such a beautiful inspiration to the world. And, um, you know, when I finished my treatment and the doctor said, okay, Dara, it's time to go back to living your life. You know, we're done with everything. (laughs) I found myself in this space where I really did not know how to live anymore because for so long I had been focused on dealing with the treatment plan and I was taking action. And then when they said, okay, we're done with everything, that's when fear really crept in and I had to learn how to navigate the world as as a cancer survivor. And I had to try to figure out how to do that and what to do with the fear. And and so that's when I did so much work on myself and really recognized the power of our attitude and how we have a choice every single mm-hmm. day yep. when we wake up, how we're going to approach the world, the day. And for me, I would say living with breast, being diagnosed with cancer and going through that, I would never wish it on anyone. Nobody wants a cancer diagnosis, let's be honest. But we do have a choice. And I think for me, it was really the difference between living in black and white versus living in color. And I'll choose the color all day long. (laughs) I love that. You know, going back to what you just said a minute ago, you know, when the doctor kind of gives you that all clear, it's time to go back to your life now and do what you do. That really, it's a place that I think that as patients, when we're going through, we look forward to that moment until it happens. And then all of a sudden, it's like, it can feel like the safety net just got pulled out from under us because who's going to watch me and tell me if my cancer comes back? How am I going to know? Oh, my gosh, yeah. now what do I do? And they don't tell you that. And so that that's exactly that, that has yes. happened to every patient I've ever spoken to where they finally get that release. And now they're scared, you know, for the first time. Before that, it's just a big checklist you go through to get all your chemos done and your you know, radiation t- treatments done. And you get all the stuff done and you can't wait to get it all done. But now what? <laughs> you know. So yeah, if, if we I have agree. listeners that find themselves in that place, it's that's very natural to be in that place. So don't let it overwhelm you with with fear and feel weird because it's not weird. It's perfectly normal. And if you a lot of hospitals or a lot of clinics now have nurse navigators that can maybe help you through that. And that's what Breast Friends is here for too. So you can also reach out to Breast Friends and we can talk with you and let you know you know, maybe what's next. So that that's part of our purpose and, you know, being here and uh, around as long as we have been. So mm, I love um, that. Yeah. That's really, you know, I remember the day I finished everything and I was literally sitting, there was a, a little chapel right outside of the, where you see the doctor at the cancer mm-hmm. center. And I'd never been in there while, ever, like in that whole time that I was going there and I didn't know where to go. And I just, I went there and I sat and I just sobbed and mm-hmm. because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to, how to make peace with what had happened. And that's really all the work that I do now is really all about helping people figure that out and finding your peace because, you know, I think it's actually one of the, the hardest things about going through a cancer diagnosis is how do I live AC after cancer? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It can, it can be challenging um, just to figure out what are the next steps and what makes sense, you know, and, and it's not always the same thing for everybody. So you have to find out what makes sense for you and, you know, everyone will give you ideas and thoughts and that's okay, but that doesn't mean you have to embrace exactly what they said. So, but use that as a, maybe a, a breakthrough tool to kind of figure your things out. What are, what is 
what matters to you and how do you, how do you want to approach that? So there's a lot of different techniques and things that we can do. I think one of them is finding a sisterhood of people who understand, you know, and whether that's through a support group or through an online group, you know, whatever. Um, but just make sure for you that if it's, some of these groups can be very, very positive and uplifting and encouraging and others can be very negative and all it takes is one really negative person to bring down the group. So if you find that happening, just back out of it and go find another one because there's so many, you know, and, you know, there's different places to get that kind of support. So I think being around a family, a sisterhood of this is is really good. And sadly, that sisterhood is growing and will continue to grow. Um, but it's good for those of us who are in it because we have a lot more friends to to pick from. So absolutely. You know, one thing that I didn't realize when I was going through breast cancer is that when I was 28 years old, my mom went through cancer and she had melanoma, which is a form of skin cancer. Mm-hmm. And this was over 20 years ago. So um, when I went through my experience, I didn't realize that I was carrying everything that I had seen on my mom's journey. And I was taking it with me and it made the experience so much more, it's really so difficult, but I didn't see it. I didn't understand that I was processing a lot of unfinished things because of what I went through and saw with her and that was following me on my journey. And so Mm -hmm. that can be a really challenging experience as well for anyone who has had a close friend go through cancer or a family mm-hmm. member. And I remember the nurse navigator said to me, Dara, your mom's story is not your story. That's and right. that was one of the most powerful things she could say. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so many women that come down with this and, um, and every story I've ever listened to, they, they have some consistencies, you know, fear is one of them, sure, sure. but everybody's story is a little bit different, you know, whether it's the treatment method, the point of time that they, that it was found. And my case, you know, you mentioned the testing. I did get tested for the BRCA1 and 2 genes. Those are the two most common sure. and for a while, the only ones people knew about. Um, and I tested negative for those, which was really surprising because so many people on my dad's side of the family had it. And my mom had it, but they ruled her out because she was the only one in her family besides me. And um, But we, we went back in and tested again when they found like 26 more gene mutations. So I did a new panel, and, include, and it included the BRCA1 and 2, which turned out to be no. But it turns out I have two other gene mutations that I inherited from my father. <laughs> I love that. He never got cancer, which was good good for him um, but he definitely carried the gene mutations and because I'm not the only one in my family that that got it so um, I'm the only one that well no that's not true there's a couple of us that have had cancer but um, several of us have the gene mutations so um, you know there's that you know that kind of thing can be part of the reason too you just you just never know so um, you know what we're going to run out of time here for the first until the first break and we are going to skip the second break today because we kind of need to do that because um, we have a lot to talk about about. But I think before we do, just tell me a little bit about your mom. I know you lost her to cancer. And how did, I mean, I know you just covered it a little bit about how how it impacted your diagnosis. Anything else you want to say about that? Because when we come back, I want to ask you about those letters. I am dying yeah. to know the story. So, so. I'm, my mom was my person. I mean, we were so close. And I talked to her every day, just um, we, when I went to college, we got really, really close and, um, I mean, she was my best friend. And then 
when she went through melanoma, she found a freckle and went through melanoma and they said, you know, you're fine. And then five years later, it was everywhere in her body. And Mm. uh, really the same weekend I found out I was pregnant with my first child, we found out my mom had metastatic melanoma. And so the bigger I got, the sicker my mom got. And Mm. really it was, it was like that. And a few weeks after I had my first child, that's when my mom passed away. Oh, well, that must have been, I mean, I can't even imagine how heartbreaking that must have been. I'm glad we're going out to break now because I'm going to cry. <laughs> so mm-hmm. anyway, so stay tuned, folks. We will be back in a minute and we're going to hear this incredible story. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. Um, Before I come back to our guest and our show, I wanted to remind you that there are four ways you can get involved in our program. One, of course, is to share the link to today's episode with somebody that you know and love and think might benefit from hearing this story. Um, You can also donate to Breast Friends so we can keep this program alive and going. Um, You can text BF Radio to 41444. You can um, join Breast Friends Around the Globe, which it's a Facebook group page, so you can go on and comment and talk to each other and, you know, just share and then share your story about who you are, where you're, right, where you're logging in from, and just anything you want to say about the program. We'd love to hear from you. And finally, nominate yourself as a guest. You can reach out to Becky at breastfriends.org. 
and let me know what your subject is, what you'd like to talk about, and then we'll schedule a time to, to chat and just see if it's a good fit. And if so, we'll get you on the show. All right. So now back to our program. Um, I'm going to go ahead and bring Dara back on. And we are just so anxious to hear the story of these letters that you found uh, 20 years after your mom was gone. Yeah, um, this was the one of the biggest blessings that happened to me. So I my imagine. mom, yeah. <laughs> so my mom, she passed away when I was 28 years old. I just had my first child. So I found myself in this space where I was, of course, feeling so joyful to have a new baby, and absolutely devastated at the loss of my mom. And you know, life went on, and I had another daughter. So I had two daughters, and was married, of course, to my husband that I met in college, and we had. You know, beautiful life. We were really, really busy. I did everything I could to distract myself from the pain from losing my mom. And we just, life just sort of went on. And so then randomly, I remembered that I had a bag of letters in my house. So what happened was right before my oldest daughter, Zoe, was about to go back to school, back to college, I, she was in my room. I was stalling her because I don't like to say goodbye. And she opened up a, a, a drawer and found a journal. And when my daughters were young, we I kept what we called the mother-daughter journal where I would write to them and I would put the journal on their pillow and they would write back to me and put it on my pillow. And Aww. it was just, yeah, it was a really beautiful way for us to communicate. So she randomly opened up a drawer. We found these notebooks. We were so excited. We were reading them. We were holding hands. We were laughing. And it was like the biggest gift to be able to hear the voice of little Zoe, if you will. And even to hear my voice as a young mom. And so she went back to school. But later that night, I was thinking, gosh, what I wouldn't do to have something like that from my mom. And that's when I remembered that I had a Ziploc bag of letters in my house. They oh, my came gosh. To me. Yeah. When my dad and my stepmother moved into their house, the bag of letters came here. But I was just never comfortable opening it up because I was so fearful that opening the bag would bring in all of the pain and guilt that I and grief that I was working so hard to overcome because I missed my mom so much. And so I went and walked into the den, opened the drawer and there was the bag. But I thought, you know what, I'm not ready to do this. And I just shut the drawer and went on about life. And but it still stayed with me. It nagged me because I knew that it was there. And then finally, one random cold night in January with the fire blazing in the background, I decided I'm going to do it. I opened the bag of letters and I was blown away by how I felt like I was having a conversation with my mom. I could. Oh, gosh, that's amazing. It was. I, I could feel her personality. I could hear her voice. And it was the biggest gift. I sat on the couch and sobbed what Oprah calls the ugly cry. And just really just, I was able to get a glimpse into who my mom was from my adult perspective. And it was a game changer for me. Oh, and you loved her so much when you were young. I'll bet this just, just put it over the top, huh? I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, the letters were written to me when I was nine years old and first went to sleepaway camp until I graduated mm. from college. And oh, wow. there were over a hundred letters in the bag, mostly from my mom, but also from my two grandmothers who have passed away. And so sitting on the couch that night, hearing the voices of the three beautiful, strong women who had loved and raised me was 
an incredible gift and also life-changing for me because I realized how long I had been really carrying around the pain and sadness of from losing my mom and not having her in my life. And there was so much wisdom in the letters that that's when I felt like there's something here. I want to write a book about it. And so I was working on another project at the time. I immediately, after a few weeks went by, I put that on hold and I just literally started writing. And I didn't have an outline. I had no idea what I what what it, what it was going to look like. I just sat and wrote and cried and what the result is my book, I Am My Mother's Daughter, Wisdom on Life, Loss, and Love, that really mm. was written from my heart to all daughters who have a mom or who, who have lost their mom or who are lucky enough to have daughters of their own. Mm. So can I ask how long, how old was your mom when she, when she finally passed away? She had this? just, yeah, she had just turned 52. Oh my gosh, she was so young. Yeah, it and, oh. and her being so young and me just having had my own child, that was really part of the struggle is just feeling like we got cheated, that she got cheated. She had mm-hmm. so much unfi- unfinished living to do. And it was really hard to find and make peace with that yeah. because the loss was just so great. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question, and you can talk about it more or not. You've kind of mentioned it, but I know that you you talk about the loss of your mom and how you were stuck in grief for a long time. Do you think, is there more you can talk about with that? That yeah, sounds like absolutely. a pretty seri- serious subject, so, yeah, so go I'm, for it. I'm glad you asked me that question. Um, so after I had my first daughter and then my second daughter, and I went back to work. I was a financial advisor. And I, that year that I had a baby and lost my mom was like my best year at work. And to me, that just looking back, that just says to me that I just didn't want to deal with the grief. I just didn't want to think about it, the loss. Instead, I distracted myself by pouring myself into work, thinking about everything else. And so what happened was life just sort of went on and I got used to not dealing with the grief. But here's the thing. Grief, you you have to deal with it. You can't, it's going to catch up with you and nobody can do it for you. The grief work and it is work. Um, You know, if you don't really force yourself to deal with a loss, it, like I said, it catches up with you. And so 20 years after the death of my mom, I was still, I had so much unfinished grief. I had so much unfinished pain and about the loss that uh, it really followed me around like my shadow. And so it, reading these letters and writing this book, it made me realize that, you know, I didn't, I had let this go on for so long. And I knew my mom would never have wanted me to do that. She would never have wanted her death to get in the way of me making the most of every day of my life. But I didn't fully understand that until I read the letters, until I heard her voice, until I really understood how much she valued life. And that's what was such a gift from the whole experience. Oh, that's so wonderful. You know, you had a great role model, role model there in your mom. And I, I'm just so happy for you that you had that, you know. And and I think that as as a mom, I you know, like I said, I've got five kids and some grandkids, and they're all, the oldest is, 
18 and the youngest is 10, you know, Mm. but they're all on the East Coast, so I don't see them very often. But, you know, my, my hope is that they all know that I love them. I care about them. My husband, too. I mean, he's just, he's been wonderful with, you know, with all the grandkids and and our kids. I mean, it's just, it's nice we can have an impact or, well, we're all going to have an impact on them one way or the other. And just, you always just hope it's a good one. And I like that idea of writing those letters. I think I might, my husband years and years ago, when, when we were a young family, he went to a store and he bought all these, these books that match and they're not matching covers but they're the same style of book and he bought one for each of the kids in the family and then one for each of us so he bought seven books and over the course of the years and it's been his project mostly every now and then I'll write something but it's very rare but he'll write do most of the writing but the letters he writes letters to each child you know each child or to me and it's about moments, you know, something that mm. he really cherished and a special moment or they got a great report card or, you know, something good. So it's all positive feedback for the kids. And then when they come home every now and then they get their books out and, you know, they read what's in there and then they can write back. But again, it, it's nothing negative. <laughs> it's just all really positive thoughts. And, and so he's kind of done his variation of that. And it's it's really been delightful. And then, and then he's also a journaler for himself. He's got hundreds of books around here with, you know, journals for different things. But um, but the ones for the kids, I think, were really special and, and well-received. They just don't, they're just not here often enough to read them. But he writes in them, you know, quite frequently. So it's it's pretty cool. So, you know, when we have those words from our parents, even all those years later, it really makes a big difference. So I love that so much. I think it's such a gift that your kids will cherish one day when they actually yeah. have the journals in their homes. Mm-hmm. You know, the experience of finding the letters really taught me the power of the written word. And I think there's three different kinds of letters after going through and sorting and reading and just mm-hmm. paying attention to all of it. There's the everyday letter, and which I call the just because letter, where you're just writing to someone be- just because you want them to know you're thinking about them, that you care, mm-hmm. but there's really no reason for that. Then there's the special occasion letter, which is written at maybe a life cycle event, like a big birthday or a wedding or graduating mm-hmm. from college. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit more intention put into those letters about what your hopes are for the person and, and what your, your dreams are for them. And then there's the legacy letter. Which, I knew you were going to say yeah. that. I don't know why I knew that, but I love the word legacy. Yeah. And I had and a feeling that was going to be in there. <laughs> this is good. so, um, it's just so impactful. So my mom did write me a legacy letter and the morning of her funeral, my dad came into my room and he said, Dara, I have this letter for you. Your mom wrote that, wrote this for you. She wanted me to give it to you the morning of her funeral. And she had written one to my dad and my brother as well. And so I read the letter and I share this in my book, of course, but the letter was really short because my mom was very, very sick when she wrote the letter. And that experience taught me One, it's better to write a legacy letter when you are healthy and you don't plan on passing away because that way you can put a lot of intention into it. And two, it's the biggest gift you can give to someone because it's such a selfless act to write a legacy letter, to sit down and really write from your heart what you want to say to someone when you pass away. And I have a lot of... uh, journal prompts and in my book share a lot about how to do this and and really just the power of it but I'm such a believer in it and in fact I wrote a legacy letter to my daughters 
And when I first wrote a legacy letter and I posted it on my blog, my blog completely crashed um, (laughs) because it had so many, it just went viral. And, um, you know, that really taught me, wow, I mean, people really, they, they, they're interested in this. And um, so then I wrote, how did your daughters feel about that? I'm just yeah, curious. that's a great question. At the time that I wrote that, they were young, and I had just kind of gone through breast cancer, and you know, I was on the other side of it, but it, a, a lot of time hadn't really gone by, and so they, you know, they were happy that the letter went viral, of course, and they thought that was really cool, but. I don't really even think they read the letter um, because they, at the time they were going through counseling and trying to make peace with everything that had happened. Mm-hmm. And So was it one letter to both of them? Yeah, it was okay. one letter to both of them. And okay. then in my book, I Am My Mother's Daughter, I have an updated version of that, which I truly don't think they've read. Um, mm. And that's okay. It's there for... Well, they'll get there they, someday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully not matters. for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, it's it's written from my heart to theirs. And I think it's just so important to do that. And so I really encourage people to think about that. Why do you think it speaks to so many people? I mean, I know you said that, but why do you, why do you think that is? Why do people care enough about your words to your daughters that they would read it and crash your site? I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I feel like when I write, I write from my heart because in... Because I I feel like if you're going to write something that you want other people to read, what's the point if you're not really being completely real, completely honest, and it's not coming from your heart? And so I think it just really pulled at people's heartstrings because, I mean, who wants to think about passing away and leaving their daughters and but it's it's a reality that we don't think about. We travel through our days and we don't think about death or what could happen because if we did we probably wouldn't get out of bed or we wouldn't want our kids to leave our homes and so until you're forced to maybe look that in the eye and a cancer diagnosis will do that yes we don't think about it so (laughs) yes it will yeah definitely you know um i told my doctor on this on this last round because you know i've been battling breast cancer off and on since 1996 so i'm several years into this now and you know, first it was on my right side, then it was on my left side, then we came into my sternum in the middle twice, and then this fifth time, though, it had actually spread to my lungs. And then in March of this year, well, March of last year now, I guess 2020, it spread to my liver and my bones. And and so the story's changed a lot here all of a sudden. And uh, I told my doctor the one thing I did not ever want to hear out of his mouth is that I have XYZ amount of time left, you know, three to five months or five months to a year. I just didn't want to hear it because, you know, like to lay on the bed and just kind of wait to die. That's not, that's not in my plan. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But I know, I know the difficulty of this illness and you get told something like that. It's easy to get sucked in. And I, and I know this because I'm sometimes with my current situation, I get sucked in and I try to get out of it quickly because I have things to do, you know, got well, a radio show to do, but I, I don't ever want to hear those words from him. But he did say something to me recently that kind of sounded similar and it sort of threw me over the edge. He told me that um, he's surprised I've made it this long. And mm-hmm. and this is why he's telling me to spend time with my family. Well, I know it's important to spend time with my family. 
but I don't want to think that I've already exceeded his expectations, but it's cool that I have, you know. So I, yeah. I, I wow. attribute that to God, but I, um, you know, and he, he did find the right treatment for me that seemed to have slowed things, you know, slowed things down quite a lot, but it's grow, growing again, darn it. So, um, you know, well, kind Becky, of back I just, I feel like I want to say a couple of things. So okay. one, thank you for sharing that with me and with all of your listeners. You are amazing. I think that I have a lot of friends in the cancer community. And so I have seen other people experience that. And it's definitely a challenge to, it's a mental challenge every day when you get out of bed, when you wake up to let yourself go to the the scary dark place or to choose not to. And so the fact that you are making that choice and doing this radio show and pouring your heart and your energy to help other people is amazing. And I hope your listeners recognize that. Um, Two, I do think that, you know, the human spirit is so strong and your desire to live and make the most out of every single day of your life is probably why you've exceeded your doctor's expectations (laughs) because, you know, you're, you have a lot of you, you have a lot of joy and I can feel it and, and you want to you want to live and you want to make the most of every day and and that's such a gift um, and, and so Thank I you. just I wanted to say that. Thank you. And, you know, to my listeners that are hearing my story right now, you know, I'm I'm sorry if it made anybody feel bad. That is not my intention. But this is a very emotional situation. And sometimes, you know, you're going to meet people who are in the middle of it. And not everyone is going to be okay. You know, yeah. the tempting thing to say is, oh, you're going to get through this. You're a fighter. You're going you're to get through it. And we want to say that. and we want, And we mean it when we say it. But we're not always correct, you know, and the person hearing it doesn't always feel strong, doesn't always feel like they're going to survive it. So that needs to be okay, too. You know, it just kind of needs to be okay with it is what it is. And we're going to do the best we can with whatever that is. And um, and it's okay, you know, we're we all got to go from something. Right. So this is um, it's kind of kind of nice to have a vision of what it might look like. You know, it still might not be. But um but it's, it, I know that's a weird thing to say, but, but, you know, my kids have just, I think we've grown closer as a family. Every week we do a weekly Zoom call, you know, where we're all on it together, the five kids and my husband and me, and we just share with each other whatever's going on in our lives at the time. We never did that before. Mm. That's something we started this last year with the virus, you know, because we couldn't really go and see each other very regularly. So we did these Zoom calls and we still do them every Thursday. We have a standard set time where I'll jump on the phone together and and do that. And it's really uplifting, you know. And so there are blessings in this too, you know, and it, it's, I'm okay Absolutely. with Absolutely. I think, you know, let's talk a little bit about connection because okay. I feel like it's it's so important and especially right now so many people are feeling disconnected from the people that they love and and they're missing their family and their friends especially people who are dealing with cancer I mean that just makes it that much more complicated but there are definitely ways that you can connect right now with the people that you love and you can feel a little less isolated. So one is I definitely believe the power of Zoom, right? I mean, (laughs) making the time. So what your family has done is you've made it a priority and you have it scheduled and that's really beautiful. And so I encourage people to really think about who they're missing right now and reach out and be intentional 
And that word is so important. Be intentional about setting up a Zoom call. Um, you know, what can you do to communicate with people that you love? You know, pick up the phone and call. Um, one thing that my family did recently is I was feeling really, really like I was missing my friends. And um, so one night we were eating dinner and it was the four of us because, you know, my daughters were home and we we finished dinner and it was seven o'clock and we all looked at each other and we thought, you know, like, okay, what are we going to do tonight? Um, Because it's usually, you know, seven o'clock. What are you going to do? You're not going to go anywhere. What are we going to watch on Netflix tonight? You know, what, what, how's it going to play out? And then we thought, you know what? We're really missing our family our, and our friends. And so we, I called Krispy Kreme, which is um, started in Winston-Salem, actually, where oh, I live. Oh, we love Krispy Kreme. So um, we, we called Krispy Kreme. I said, um, can I pick up 14 uh, dozen donuts through the drive-thru? And we did that. And then we just drove around and put a dozen donuts on our friends' porches, texted them, there's a treat outside your door, and it was so fun to do that. I love that. That's great. We had the best time. My friends loved it. We felt so connected to everyone. And it just felt good to do something for other people. So look for ways that you can help other people. If you're making soup, make some extra soup and drop it off at a friend's house. Anything that we can do right now to help pe- bring joy into someone's life, yep. that is so meaningful right now. And, of course, I believe, you know, write a letter. Sit down and write a letter. Tell someone that you miss how you feel. And I promise you, they will be so happy to receive that. Oh, I think that's great. And, you know, and even one step even further, if you can arrange a Zoom time, at least on some of the ones that you know really well, and then you guys can all share your donuts together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, truth be told, I actually would not, I would not ever eat a donut (laughs) because I'm really careful about eating very cleanly, but um, I knew that it would bring my friends, kids especially, so much joy. Yeah, that's and wonderful. Yeah. That's that's great. <laughs> you know, and, and I have a phrase for that that I actually got from a friend of mine. Her name is Shawnee Fox. She's a naturopathic physician. And when I was first diagnosed with the, where the cancer had spread to my lungs, that was in November of 2018. I want to get my years right now. T- November of 2018. Um, that it was, it was in my, it had gone to my lungs. Well, I was trying to get on, my doctor was retiring, I was trying to get into, with a new doctor, and he was trying to get me into a trial. So there was a delay from that moment until I got activated with him, and so here it was, um, you know, I mean, I was doing nothing, and mm-hmm. uh, this this friend, Shawnee, she said to me at a, par- at a party we went to at an event, she said, um, Becky, how are you feeling? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm fine, you know, eh, standard answer, right? And she says, Becky, it's me tell me how you're really feeling. <laughs> you know, she wouldn't let me get by with that one. So I told her that I was actually scared because I was doing nothing to stop my cancer at this moment. You know, there it's just in there, it's in my lungs, and we're doing nothing to stop it. And she looked at me and she said, Becky, you're not doing nothing. I said, yeah, I am. She goes, no, you're not doing nothing. You are staying in the light. And staying in the light will heal your cells. And I said, what do you mean I'm staying? She goes, you're still doing your radio show. You're still working with breast cancer patients, trying to make their lives better. I also sing occasionally with a with a, an 18-piece swing orchestra. They're really great. And I was practicing for an event we were going to be doing. And so I was going all the time to do these things, you know, while I, and also that October was my 
absolutely busiest speaking month ever. And I did all my speaking events knowing I had stage four cancer. And I didn't really know how that was going to go. But so I was staying busy doing the things I love. And she said, when you do the things you love, that is you staying in the light. And every cell in your body benefits from that because it they all get this these charges of positive whatever she said I don't remember but yeah it was brilliant I mean, it was and I I'm actually that. writing a book called stay in the light and it's all these little short stories of things that that I've told from the stage before but she's um I just love her for that and I have a friend in in Italy her name is Gaynor and she actually did a, a cover design for my book with stay in the light and it's lovely. She didn't do it for that. She did it as a gift. But I wrote her back and said, can I put this on my book? And she said, absolutely. So it'll be on my cover of my new book when it comes Mm -hmm. out. And it's going to be out I hope soon. I got to finish it. (laughs) It's it's mostly done. So, um, but well, you know, I mean, here's the thing. We're all energy. And so it just makes sense that positive energy feels good, joy and happiness and gratitude. All of those are going to make your body be in a more in, in a healthier state versus yeah. some of the lower vibrational emotions like grief and loss and sadness and all of that. So I mean I definitely I definitely believe that a hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's made a difference. And recently, my, not too long ago, like two weeks ago, I believe my friend Gail wrote me and just out of the blue, she was talking to me about staying in the light, you know, mm. because all this negative stuff going on on the news and the, all that, you know, with the election and all, everything, every, every channel you turn to, there was something negative going on. And she yeah. reminded me to stay in the light. Now, normally I can remember to do that by myself, but um, but she knew I was stressing over all this stuff, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. little by little, it's just piling on. And I think a lot of citizens and people feel this way right now. It's like, when is it going to end, you know? <laughs> and yeah. so we kind of yeah. get wrapped up in this. And she's just reminded me to stay in the light, do the things that I love. And I, I've loved, I've just developed a new love for painting, you know. So uh, my husband built me an art studio down at our cabin. We have a property down at the, at the Oregon coast. And he built me a, an art studio in there. And it's just, it's a good fun place to go and just start with a blank canvas. I don't know what's going to end up on it by the end of the day, but something, you know. Mm. And, um, and it's just been fun. And it brings me joy and I can listen to music when I'm when I'm doing that and it's just fun so sometimes we have to be reminded by our friends if you know if you're you're talking about things that you can do to strengthen someone's relationship well I think an idea in there is if you have a friend that you know is going through something really tough right now remind them to find something that brings them joy today yeah absolutely and if it's just for a few minutes you know something that brings joy And self-care is really important. And I feel like limiting the amount of exposure that you have to negative energy, negative news, you know, trying to kind of turn off and insulate yourself a little bit from all the noise that's going on right Mm -hmm. now is a a form of self-care because you're taking care of yourself. You're not wanting the, the darkness to kind of enter into your your world and so so how how do you recommend or suggest people bring self-care into their lives yeah that's a great question um so we could spend a really long time talking about this or i might um, have to have you back yeah whole episode on it (laughs) so 
I believe that self-care, you know, it's kind of a buzzword right now, but I really believe so much in the power of self-care. So I'll just tell you what that means for me. And everyone has to kind of figure out what self-care means for them. Like we talked about, you have to kind Mm -hmm. of listen and find your own path. But for me, it means eating as cleanly as possible. It means surrounding myself with positive people that make me feel good about myself, not people who bring me down or make me feel like they're judging me. It means making sure when I wake up in the morning, I am immediately focusing on what I'm grateful for, for that day. And I talk a lot about gratitude in my book, how to start a gratitude uh, how to start a gratitude practice, the power of meditation, which I meditate every single day. I think it's so important. Um, I also exercise every day, either outside, taking walks, being in nature. I love that. Or lifting weights in my house. Or I practice a lot of yoga. I'm such a believer in um, kundalini yoga, which I think is, for me, it's really helped me stay grounded. I write in a journal every single day. I just kind of connect with my thoughts. I really try to live intentionally. And that has been so important. And I really think that I encourage all of your listeners to think about intention. What do you want to be doing with your life, with your time? Who do you want to spend it with? What is your purpose? You know, all of that is so important. And just Also taking those quiet moments to read inspirational things and light a candle, get in an Epsom salts bath, you know, just be quiet, connect and and really hear what your, what your heart and your soul are trying to say to yourself. Those are some of the ways that I try to practice self-care. And I do most of those things every single day. I'm not perfect and life gets in the way and blah, 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 but that is how I stay grounded and that empowers me because I feel like if I'm taking care of myself, then I I can show up and be the healthiest version of myself. And so um, I love that. I thanks. love that. That's that's really great. And and I really do think there might be a, a whole show we could do on, <laughs> on that part of what we were going to talk about. Just because I, I think there is so much there, and there's so much depth that we could go into. Yeah. So if yeah. you're comfortable with that, I Absolutely. will invite you back. <laughs> I mean, each one of those things could be. Yeah, for sure. I mean. And I feel like people, we hear the word self-care, but what does that mean? How do we live it? And so, you know, I have a lot of self-care in my book, even I am my mother's daughter, because I feel like we have to know how to take care of ourselves. That's a gift we can give ourselves. And you know what? We have to be, we have to take care of ourselves in order to be able to take care of others. Because I think sometimes people think self-care is, there's like ego involved and there's, you know, all this. Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know the yeah, word I'm looking well, for right I now, mean, but guilt can be a guilt. Yeah. <laughs> people feel guilty. And, you know, I mean, I always tell my kids guilt is a wasted emotion. Yeah. Like that is such, and I've spent a lot of my life carrying around a big bag of guilt and, you know, you finally have to kind of decide to let it go. Um, you know, because it's not serving you well. And I definitely have tried to make sure that my daughters know that I don't want them to feel guilty about anything because that's not going to help them make the most of every day of their beautiful lives. Yeah, that's so true. That is so true. Well, I, I've just, I've enjoyed this conversation so much. We don't have a lot of time left. Is there something else that you would love to just make sure you get out on the airwaves before we, we end our conversation? I, I can give you about two minutes. 
<laughs> I think, you know, at the end of the day, we all have a choice. And we've said this in this conversation, but it's worth repeating. Every single day that you wake up, you have a choice. You get to choose what you're going to do with your time. You get to choose who you're going to spend it with. You get to choose how you're going to how you're going to help yourself and how you want to feel. And you can e- either help yourself focus on living intentionally or you can let all the noise and all the negativity and all the other stuff get in the way. We all have challenges. Life is not perfect. But even though we might be facing a challenging situation, we still get to choose how we want to feel and how we want to navigate whatever challenge life tosses our way. I love that. Thank you so much. So just real quickly, um, how can people find your books? Are they on Amazon? Do they order them from you directly? How does that work? Yeah, thank you for asking. So, um, of course, my book is on Amazon. I am my mother's daughter, Wisdom on Life, Loss, and Love, as well as Crush Cancer and the Crush Cancer Workbook, all on Amazon. Everyone can visit my website, crazyperfectlife.com, and there's links that will take you to all the different places that you can get the book as well. Um, They can also get five free gifts if they purchase my book, and that's all on my website as well. Five free printable downloads, um, sharing journals, ways that that can help you connect with the people that you love. That's Um, great. Yeah, that was, thank you, pandemic, for giving me time (laughs) to, to, and I'm a creator. I love creating. So, um, and also, if they want to have me speak at their organization or um, on a Zoom call or whatever, I'm really enjoying connecting with people all over the world right now via Zoom. So, Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and of course, on Facebook, um, at Crazy Perfect Life, that's where my biggest platform is. And on Instagram, at Crazy Perf Life. All right. Well, with that, we're going to have to close out our show. But I wanted to just remind our people, we are on almost every platform out there for our um, on-demand episode. So if you if you missed it live, which you wouldn't hear me saying this if you did, because you <laughs> wouldn't know that till you heard it on demand. But anyway, you can listen on demand. Just go to almost any podcast. If you have an iPhone, there's a podcast app on your phone that came with it. You can just go to that, search for Breast Friends Podcast, pull it up, subscribe, and you'll always be notified when there's a new episode and you can't listen live there but you can listen to the on-demand episodes we're on iheart we're on we're on every every place you can go so um and you'll find us everywhere we're listened to all over the the globe and we love that too so consider keeping our program going by making a donation online and i just need to close right out and say we will be back next week and until then remember there is always hope and we are here to help you find it Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we are here to help you find it. We'll talk again next time.